you're becoming the person who is capable of accomplishing the things you want in your life. And if somebody else isn't feeling that about their life, they can either look up to you and ask for help or they can treat you like a villain. And this is something that I never understood, but like friends that I could tell were upset with me, they wouldn't be upset if they didn't care about me. That's the interesting thing. Like deep underneath it, they're hurt because they care. Welcome to Next Level University. I am your host, Kevin Paul Mary. And I am your co-host, Alan Lazarus. At Next Level University, we believe in a heart-driven, but no BS approach to holistic self-improvement for dream chasers. We bring you seven episodes per week to help you level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. Self-improvement in your pocket every day from anywhere for free. Welcome to Next Level University. Next Level Nation, welcome back to another very special, as always, episode of Next Level University, where we teach you how to level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode. It was episode number 1,251, Where's the Hole in Your Cup? Today, for episode number 1,252, happy Sunday, why old friends start to treat you differently. So I know this is a potentially painful topic for many of us, but I think that since Alan and I have dealt with this in some way, shape, or form, and we're still dealing with this, I'm sure, in some ways, we figured maybe this will be an episode where you can finally say, oh my goodness, this all makes sense to me. That's really my intention with this episode. So I want you to think of this. I want you to think of any movie where there is a group of friends that start out at the beginning, and one of those people in that group of friends ends up getting some sort of opportunity, some sort of growth journey, some sort of breakthrough. And what happens in that movie oftentimes is, say there's four people. One friend makes it, quote unquote. And then the three other friends end up villainizing that friend because that person left me behind or they left us behind or they forgot about where they started or they're arrogant now, they're ego driven, they're spending time with different people. That is kind of the thought process behind this episode. So if you're into self-improvement, if you're into growth at a higher level than the people around you, at some point there will be a higher level of contrast created. There'll be, there'll be a higher level of resistance. So just as an example, if Alan and I are going to the gym together and I'm way stronger than Alan, either I have to lower the weight for him or he has to get stronger. Or I just say, I'm stronger than Alan and my workouts aren't going to be as good or whatever. But if you think of it from a self-improvement set point, from an awareness set point, from a growth trajectory, if you're growing every single day at a level 10 and somebody else isn't growing at all every single day, you can see how it's not going to take a long time before that contrast becomes too great. So old friends start to treat you differently for a couple of reasons. Number one, they feel like you're treating them differently. Now, you might be treating them differently. Right, You might be saying, hey, I can't spend as much time with you. Hey, I can't come to the fights or whatever it is. But the, I think the, the fear that we all have is, and we've seen this so many times with clients and team members and ourselves, when you are growing and you're more focused on growth than almost anything else, or you're more focused on achieving your goals, or you're more focused on loving yourself finally, building self-esteem, being consistent, and other people aren't doing the same thing, they do take that personally. And when people take that personally, it makes them feel like a victim. So um, how dare you How dare you forget about our friendship? How dare you grow without me? 
if you're becoming something that you want to become and I'm not, I'm most likely going to villainize you. Going back to the episode we did Friday, episode 1250, if you're not talking to me as much as you used to. I'm going to draw the conclusion that you don't like me or that you don't have time for me or that you, you, you value your new friends, whatever it may be, when in reality, it might just be that I'm growing faster and things have changed, priorities have changed. But your friends that are judging you, family members that are judging you, it's because the conclusion that they're drawing most likely is you're too good for them or you've changed or whatever it may be. And when people start to treat you differently, it's because you're becoming the guide of your life. You're becoming the person who is capable of accomplishing the things you want in your life. And if somebody else isn't feeling that about their life, they can either look up to you and ask for help or they can treat you like a villain. And I think oftentimes if somebody doesn't have a certain level of vulnerability or a certain level of humility, it's way easier to treat somebody like a villain than it is to say, hey, Alan, I know you've been reading a lot. And I know you've been growing a lot. And I feel like there's some distance that's been created between us. What do you suggest I do to get to dip my toe into self-improvement? That's a hard thing to do. But it's a lot easier to say, Alan never has time for me. He's always, you know, he's doing book club, but he's not spending time with me. He's doing this podcast seven times a week, but he didn't come to my dinner. Like, it's easier for people to do that because you can do that from afar. So that's kind of the thought process behind this episode. And if it's resonating with you, it could resonate with you on two levels. One, are you the person who's growing and potentially unintentionally, it's a tough sentence, creating distance between you and the people you used to spend time with? Or are you on the other end where you feel like a victim and you're villainizing somebody because of their growth? There's two ends you can be on here. Kev, you have been on both ends of those. I have. Uh, one of the times you talk about was you were with... Uh, a woman who wanted to go to California, mm -hmm. your ex-partner. And then you said, that, and I quote, correct me if I'm wrong on this. You said, when she left me, I actually was relieved because I knew it was going to happen eventually anyway. I was thinking about that recently, um, yesterday, I think. Take us through that because I'm by, by no means perfect or anything, but I don't feel like I've ever really done the villainizing thing. Mm. Um and I think maybe that's because I, I have self-belief or whatever, but I don't think I've ever done that. I don't think I've ever been like, oh, I'm so mad at Kevin for not like wishing me happy birthday or whatever. Like, I just Well, don't, you're a weird, I, you're, you're the weird in the best way when it comes to that stuff, I think. I don't know why. And I'm grateful. Thank you. Uh, yeah. But I, I am curious because you have been on both ends. So you can give a perspective that I don't think I can. I don't know if I've ever fully understood why people do this. It's fear. It's, it's, um, I think there's an unspoken assumption, not an unspoken agreement. I think there's an unspoken assumption that the people that you, the people that you used to spend time with, you're supposed to spend time with forever, regardless of life's results. Yeah. And I just think that's delusional. I, I have, a, I'm weird with that as well, where like, I don't know. I mean, if I would like to believe that. Say I had a friend who ended up becoming like a world famous actor. I don't think I would expect them to just like come hang out with me because we used to be friends. Same. I'm sure they, maybe the core values and the core beliefs and the core aspirations and the core community is not the same. You want to know one of the reasons actors date actors? Because of the core community. They're surrounded by actors and actresses all the time. Of so course. it's like, 
what are you going to do? It makes sense. It makes sense that you do that. I So for me, being on that end, it was just scarcity. Here is really what it was, the, the, the easiest part. I felt like a victim because I didn't know how to guide my own life and my partner knew how to guide hers. That was it. I was like, wow, you're really, you are really way ahead in terms of understanding your life and like taking your life. But that's not what you said. No, no, no. Right? No, I, yeah. I gave a million reasons why she shouldn't do it because she, I, I kind of injected scarcity and uncertainty by saying, you know, California is way more expensive. You really think your car is going to make it across the country. Real estate's more expensive. It's going to be hard to find a job, like all that stuff. And not so intentionally. I know. Right. right? I, didn't, I didn't want her to fail. I was just afraid. I didn't want her to fail, but I was just afraid she would be more successful without me. And that was super hard. But I knew, yes, I remember, I remember I was sitting at my dining room table when it happened, when she broke up with me. And I remember after she left, she's like, I'm going to leave. I'll come get my stuff later this week. And I remember when she left, I had a moment of like, I knew that was going to happen. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of happy that's done now. I was sad, but I knew that was going to happen because I knew, I think I already kind of felt like she was guy, she was the guide and I was the victim in a way. If that makes sense. So if you knew it was going to happen anyway, and you were trying so hard backed into a corner to try not to make it happen. Mm. Once it happens, it's kind of like, okay, well, my deepest fear is done yeah. now. So yeah. I might as well, now I'm good. That's yeah. interesting. But I want the listeners to to hear this. And of course, I have a, a framework. I'll be very brief about this, but I call it the conditional love cycle. And it's not on purpose. It's based on fear. And what's interesting about this is that it's actually because you care. Like if you didn't care about her, you wouldn't be afraid so that's the one thing that's really hard for me because just because your reaction to your caring is fear and then your reaction to fear was fairly toxic in that instance, at least underneath it is caring. And I think that that's important for everyone to understand. And this is something that I never understood, but like friends that I could tell were upset with me, they wouldn't be upset if they didn't care about me. That's the interesting thing. Like deep underneath it, they're hurt because they care. Well, you you said something recently where there was two weddings. Yeah. One wedding, somebody didn't get upset at all. The other wedding, somebody super upset. It's because the, the wedding where the person isn't that upset doesn't care about you that much. That's, all, that's, that's so interesting. That's one of the big points. I, I drew a different conclusion. The conclusion I drew is is actually the opposite, which is not true necessarily. But <laughs> I would, so I would tell, say probably not. Yeah. I'll tell this story quickly. So I had uh, someone asked me to be the groomsman at their wedding and- I sent a eight to nine minute audio essentially explaining why I can't do that. And this was a wedding in California. And, you know, I really appreciated it that he wanted me to be, you know, in his uh, wedding party, his best man. <clears throat> I think it was best man. I think it was groomsman. Either way, it was in the wedding party. And I really did consider that an honor, but there was no way with what Kevin and I were doing in 2022. It was like, it was like a hard no. Like I, I cannot derail everything we're doing midweek to go to Newport, California. It's just, there's no, no way. And, and honestly, I don't want to, I want to go, but not more than I want to do our work. And, and that's my truth. And I, I know that's hard for people. Um, you know, I care more about the NLU team and, and the NLU community, 
in this podcast because I I do think it's more important. I really do. I, I you know, and I'm not expecting him to be at my wedding either. By the way, that's the key. I'm not expecting him to be at my wedding, and I would never be upset if he didn't come. That doesn't mean I don't care about him though. See, that's the weird part that I don't understand. I would just say that I'm less scarce about it. Like I'm, you know, so, so I think that's a piece of it too. I think scarcity is at the root of this, but then, so that person got very upset. Hasn't gotten back to me. Probably won't ever talk to me again. I don't know. Um, at some point, at some point at, you will. At some point. Yeah. I hope so. Hi, my name is Tim Melanson and I have a web development agency called Creative Crew Agency. And I'm also a podcast host of the Work at Home Rockstar podcast. I met Alan a little over a year ago. He was a guest on my podcast and we had an epic conversation and I was just really impressed with his work ethic. And so I decided to jump on board with him and it's been a little over a year now. My business has grown, but more importantly, I feel much less stressed and much more purposeful with uh, what I'm doing in the direction that I'm going. So I definitely highly recommend Alan. If you're looking for some accountability, if you're looking for some tools, and look him up, take him up on this consultation. It, there's a there's a there's a certain lack of evolution when it comes to stuff like that. It's a lack of like you. If you didn't come to my wedding, I wouldn't have been mad. I know. Like you're my best. I talk. You're my best friend. You're my business partner. You're my brother. I talk to you every single day. I wouldn't have been mad at all. Like, yeah, man, it's out of a vineyard. Like, cool. Don't worry about it. No sweat. Yeah, it's all good. I was talking to Amelia last night about that. That's one of my favorite things about you is that you don't guilt trip. Well, I think part of it is because my expectations are, I'm not going to, I won't feel like a victim if you don't come. Like you got other stuff. It's just because it's a Saturday where I'm getting married doesn't mean it's the biggest day in the world. But I also understand that's the interesting part is like some people will feel like a victim. And if they feel like a victim, they're going to have to make you the villain or yeah. say, yeah, you know, Alan is the CEO of a company that's growing exponentially. I mean, they're doing seven episodes a week. There's a, they have a huge team. I mean, Alan has a household and a partner and pets and a business and responsibilities and has worked out every single day for a year. But that's a different level of... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Humility, I guess. Yeah, I think humility for sure. Yeah. And so the the other person, you know reached out he said hey by the way just checking in have you rsvp'd yet to that wedding because they sent us two and um i hadn't gotten back to it which again is on me and i said honestly brother can't can't make it this one was down in florida and um he's like dude no worries you know all good brother and you know next time I'll, I'll, i'm up north i'll 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 reach out and it was just abundance all i got out of him was abundance the other one i think is just scarcity and i think scarcity is fear abundance is i think unconditional abundant love and i think abundance is kind of like you do you and i'll do me and i care about you but not to the extent where you have to be the way i think you should be yeah and this is the framework i'll go quick about it but i call it the conditional love cycle and everyone is stuck in a conditional love cycle to some extent to some extent okay and emilia tried to explain this to me too she said the relationship with me has conditions Meaning my friends, my family, me and you, like there's conditions to that relationship. So like her and I decided at the very beginning of our relationship, we want to be monogamous forever. There are certain things that are conditional, mm. but, but her love for me is unconditional. And it's that weird duality to hold where it's like, okay, if you want to be my friend, you got to understand that I'm going to work out every day. 
You got to understand that I might not be at your wedding if it's across the country. You got to understand X, Y, Z. The thing that I've sucked at is I didn't communicate that. I never communicated the conditions of my friendships. I, with you, I didn't have to because you kind of know me so much behind the scenes, especially this new me, that you get it. But what I should do is slap a warning label on being a friend with me. And, and the warning label should say, going to put a Chase's dreams over everything, mission over everything, like all this stuff, right? But here's the conditional love cycle. And I do this all the time with my clients. I literally draw conditional love cycle at the top. And then I draw two arrows. One arrow is to the left. One arrow is to the right. The arrow to the left says, if you do comply, then you get love and approval. If you do not comply, there's an injection of fear and scarcity. And then you go back to the conditional love or you face your deepest fear and then you have freedom and fulfillment. And it's this very simple little framework um, that I really should, I should have us do up. Um, I'll, I'll reach out to Christina and I'll put it in the in the show notes. It's really powerful. And the reason it's so powerful is there's no one I know who isn't in a conditional love cycle. I mean, I'm dealing with this with certain people in my life for sure. And I know Kev, in, in, in that instance with your ex, you were unintentionally giving conditional love and approval, which is why you were kind of injecting fear yeah. rather than saying, I'll grow. Yeah. Let me grow. And, and I think the reason underneath that is that you either weren't I don't think you believed in yourself enough and or you weren't humble enough. I think it's most likely the first one. Well, the the hard part about it is she wanted me to go with her. <clears throat> that was the hard thing is like I had a job where I was making six figures. I mean, I had my dream job, quote unquote. And you were so afraid that yeah. you wouldn't get that job out there. I knew I wouldn't. I knew I wouldn't. Right. The way I got that. And There's again, the that's scarcity. A, There's yeah, the scarcity. Yeah. There's no yeah. way I got very lucky to get the job I got. Like people don't. You don't get jobs like that, you know? So th there's yeah. a lot that goes into that. But this is really, anytime, anytime something is happening, think to yourself, so we've used this before, but like say when Alan and I used to be in the studio and Alan would show up late, I would feel like a victim because it's like, I'm here, I'm prepping everything. It's interesting now because I can break, now I can break this into like, yeah. oh, interesting. That's what happened in that scenario. Now, rather than saying like, yeah, no, I understand, whatever. I understand there was traffic. I understand you had to get gas, whatever. In my <laughs> mind, it's like, dude, you know the, the studio is 32 minutes from your house. Like, figure it out. <laughs> figure it out. It's not that big of a deal. Because Alan would text me and be like, yeah, man, the traffic's nuts. It's like, it's 9 a.m. Of course it is. Of course it is. We, we, our studio's <laughs> in a city every, every time. time. But <sighs> that was, that. I felt like a victim. And I think mm -hmm. when you feel like a victim, there's a couple different things you can do. But it takes a certain level of understanding and it takes a certain level of consciousness and it, it takes a certain level of humility to say, okay, I am feeling blank right now because of actions or because of results or because of intentions, whatever. I don't necessarily need to villainize. What can I do to get more data? What can I do to get more data from this situation to help me understand that at a deeper level? That. Because if, if, one per like, if the person that's angry at you reached out and said, hey man, I'm just wondering why you didn't want to come. Yeah. Uh, here's a I list. Know. How cool would that be? Right. Like I here's would, a list of the world I want to live in. So right. Badly. right. And I here's would say, I do want to come. Exactly. I just can't. Exactly. Right? Or because I need to do X, Y, Z or I want to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. Yeah. It's you're just because I don't, I'm not showing up does not mean I don't value as a friend, value you as a friend. That's not right. what that means. Is that how it might look because I'm being villainized? Maybe. Right. Yeah. That's the thing too, is intentions look different to different people.
They just do. And that's what makes it so hard. But if you're, if you're dealing with this, if your friends are starting to treat you differently, it's most likely because you're growing and your growth is either intimidating, it's a turnoff, it makes them self-conscious, they don't know what to do with it. It does not mean you're doing anything wrong. Now, if you're growing and you're, you've become arrogant and you're impatient and you're not a good person, this episode isn't necessarily telling the truth for you, but it's a good understanding to have and it's a good perspective to try to start to take. 100%. And if you are being villainized, Ooh. I would just say try to get out of the conditional love cycles. That's all I would say. And the only way to do that I've found is to face the fear. The fear could be, I'm afraid this person will villainize me and hate me forever. I'm afraid they're going to talk bad behind my back. I'm afraid they're going to, I don't know, bash me on social media. I'm afraid, insert fear here. If you face the fear, usually, because I think bullies, I think bullies put you in conditional love cycles to feel big. And it's subconscious. And I think we've all been bullies at times. I know I have for a short time in my life. Um, but I do think you have to face the fear and step up to the bully. And the only way to do that really is to just say, you know what, regardless of the consequence, I am not going to tolerate this anymore. And then you're free. And that's where fulfillment is. And every movie is basically that it's victim at the beginning, suppressed by a villain becomes a hero and eventually a guide by facing their deepest fear. That's, that's every story, right? So, um, powerful episode. Next Level Nation, April 1st, 2023, Worcester, Massachusetts, Next Level Live. Me, you, Alan, and 49 other people. It's hard when Come I- Come get villainized with us. Well, if, if you're, <laughs> if you're sure. going through growth and you, you felt like, hey, I need to find other people who have experienced what I'm experiencing, this is the, the right room for mm-hmm. that. And it's going to be far more personal than a speech. It's not just going to be Alan and I up on stage with presentations. We're going to have that, but we want to make it more of an experience. I want you to be able to ask questions, meet other people, get into groups. So we're really we're really shifting our intention around this. We used to just want to have speakers and have it just be a live event where people are speaking and you're taking notes and cool, you leave at the end. I want it to be way more of an experience this time where Alan and I can come down off stage and get into the crowd and talk to people and, you know, just just make it more of an experience that's going to help you shift your identity. So link will be in the show notes. If you want to join us, please do. If you're local to New England, come meet your boys. I got an email yesterday, which is awesome. Person downloaded the free course. They downloaded the paid course from Next Level Live 2022. And they emailed me saying, hey, I want to be a part of book club. So if you want to be a part of book club, send me an email, alan at nextleveluniverse.com. Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess by Dr. Caroline Leaf is the book that we are reading. It is beyond powerful. There's tons of research and it's going to help you in way more ways than what it sounds. Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess is a great title, but it's it's a much more in-depth book. It's essentially mental health. It's a lot about helping you with your mental health on a very deep scientific level. So we hope you join us. Uh, the link will be in the show notes. Next Level Nation tomorrow for episode number 1,253. I'm excited for this one, Alan. You will be too. Most of us don't admit what actually motivates us. So we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. motivation and for a lot of us, the lies we tell ourselves about what motivates us. So I'm excited for that one. As always, we love you. We appreciate you. We are grateful for each and every one of you. And at NLU, we do not have fans. We have family. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. Please reach out. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. We love connecting with the Next Level family. We mean it when we say family. If you ever need anything, please reach out to us directly. Everything you need to get a hold of us is in the show notes. 
Thank you again, and we will talk to you tomorrow.